Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you that your word is truth, that it's life. God, I thank you that the word is going to go forth and it's, it's not going to return void, but it's going to accomplish what you've set it out to do. God, we, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that, that you've delivered us, that you've set us free. We thank you that we don't have to live in, in bondage. We don't have to live under addiction. We don't have to live under the curse. That we're overcomers, that we're more than conquerors. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And we thank you for that, Father. And it's not on our own righteousness, but it's on the righteousness and the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. That's, that's how we live and, and, and how we operate, God. Father, I pray that, that people's ears would be attentive this morning, that, that they'd be focused, that they would, they, would, we, they would be willing to receive. Lord, and if, if there are any bondages, that Holy Spirit, you would uncover them this morning. And that they would leave changed, that they would leave not as they came in, but, but different than when they came today, God. And I'm just humbled to be able to share your word, Lord. We pray over pastors, we pray that they would be kept safe. Angels, we just uh, command you to go ahead and behind them and, and keep them safe on their travels, Lord. God, we honor you, we respect you, and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to be sharing today uh, the prodigal son. If you want to get to, to Luke chapter 15, I didn't have time to, to give them the scriptures to get them up on, on the board and so forth. But um, just to kind of set all this up, you know, freedom can, can have a lot of different meanings and connotations and so forth. But the big thing is, is you've got to realize that freedom is a journey, you know, and, and it's a process. And, and true freedom involves two things. It involves both deliverance and discipleship. And I heard a great quote. It, it was this. It was, you can't disciple a demon, and you can't cast out the flesh. Think about that. You can't disciple a demon, and you can't cast out the flesh. It's unfortunate that it's, you know, that way, isn't it? You wish you could cast out the flesh, but, but it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, I think about in, in, in my own life, you know, prior, well, even as I was a Christian, I remember going and, and talking in business meetings and, and things like that, you know, talking about freedom. That was always my goal. But, but here's what it was. Here's what it was founded on. This is what I would always say. I, I want to do what I want, when I want it, with whoever I want, for however long I want, wherever I want. And there's, you know, if you listen real close, there's, there's one word in there that's over and over and over, and, and it's the word I, right? And that's a selfish freedom. You know, that, that's, that's not true biblical freedom. True biblical freedom, you know, it involves structure, but it's, it's really bondage to Christ. And a lot of times we don't like that, that word bondage, but in a positive sense, you know, we are servants to Christ. And, and, and Jesus, he allows us to be free to be who and what we are created to be. You know, we talked about purpose, you know, here a week or so ago and identity. You know, Jesus set us free to be who and what we were created to be and, and what we were created to do. Again, we're human beings, not human doings, but human beings, and, and we're created to be free in that. So when we talk about deliverance and discipleship, today I'm going to focus more on the deliverance piece, you know, because many people, they, they just, they never get delivered from a, from a bondage because maybe they don't believe that they can be bound in the first place. You know, maybe you got born again and, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and argue about you know, can a Christian be possessed by, by a demon? I don't believe that, but, you know, we can definitely be oppressed. We can definitely have, you know, uh, demonic influence in our lives that's, you know, trying to, to, you know, hinder us, you know, talk to us, 
um, tell us lies, anything that, that's, that's apart from the truth. But here's what John chapter 8, verse 36, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, that key word makes, if he makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's the awesomeness of God, is that, that he can set you free. I'm, a, I'm living testimony of that. You know, my background before Christ, I needed, I was in bondage in every area imaginable. And I needed, you know, true freedom. And it was only through Jesus Christ. You know, there's nothing wrong with a 12-step program or going to treatment or counseling or various things like that. But I'm telling you, until I got real serious about this book and about the Word of God and, and what God said about me, that was the only tri- time that I experienced true freedom, where I don't have to wake up every day and go, man, I hope I make it another day. I hope I don't, you know, use drugs today, or I hope I don't, you know, abuse my wife, or whatever those things are, whatever the struggles are, you know, lose my temper, all those various things, it's like I've been set free from that. But again, it's a journey. And the devil knows our candy, right? And a lot of times he comes back around with the very things that we struggled with and the very thing that we got out of with, out of, and we thought we were set free from, you know, and, and I'm telling you, you put this thing down and you put it to the side, you do that for, you know, even just a, a few weeks, you'd be surprised how, how those, those bondages and, and those snares, you know, can come back. We always go back to what's familiar, familiar to us, right? But the awesome thing is the Bible says, if any man or, or woman be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. Amen? But here in 836, Jesus is actually talking to the Jews who believed him, in him. So, you know, it's talking about, you know, a Christian being in bondage. And, and I think about it like this. You know, if you've got a house and, and if you leave, leave a window open, you know, the, a thief can get into your house, right? That doesn't mean he lives there and it's not his house, but he, he can definitely get in. And the key is, is we got to get him out. The key is, is we got to get the thief out. And you think about drugs or alcohol. You know, when you get a uh, uh, somebody gets a DUI driving under the influence. They're under the influence of drugs or alcohol or some substance that's not the Holy Spirit. They're under a, an external influence. You know, you, you know, if you prior to being saved 19 years ago, um, you know, I lived for the weekends and partying, and trust me, I was under the influence of something other than the Holy Spirit. How I acted and, and the things I did, definitely not proud of it, but under the influence of something other than the Holy Spirit. You know, pornography. You know, opening yourself up to a spirit of lust. And I'm telling you, that spirit, if you, if you open that window and that spirit of lust comes in, it's going influence to influence you. And it's not just, it's shutting the window, but it's getting that spirit of lust out of there once and for all. Amen? And if he tries to come back around, you know, it's keeping that door shut. And there's natural things we've got to do. You know, if your phone's a problem, you know, it might be taking the internet off or, or doing extreme mes- measures. But first of all, you've got to want to be free. Amen. Third thing is, is, is music. You know, I, I know my, my middle guy a few years ago um, was, was listening to mu- some music on, on YouTube and stuff like that. And th- there's nothing to be ashamed of. That. This is life, right? This is, this is, this is how we learn and, and operate. And there's, there's no shame in, in talking about the things that we've been through because it makes us more relatable. It makes us more authentic. Amen. So, you know, he was, he was uh, you know, struggling with some stuff and, and listening to some music and um, one day I walked out on the bat, and we kind of thought we were over it or, or whatnot. And I one day walked out on the basketball court, and he was real young, so of course, just guilty, you know, ran over and, and switched the thing. And I was just like, "Hey, man, you know, kind of listen to some of that." I didn't freak out, you know. As a parent, it's like, don't freak out because if you freak out, your kids are not going to bring your problems to you anymore. Because whatever 
you're setting an example there. So if, if they bring small problems to you and you're just like, oh, and you flip out and you chew them out and, you know, major punishment and stuff like that, that sets the example for them. And then next time they're thinking, boy, I'm going to cover this up because I don't want to have to go through, you know, what, what, how mom or dad flipped out and so forth. So again, you know, I just said, man, okay, he's, he's struggling here. I got to stay calm. You know, we talked it through. Um, you know, removed some stuff and, and gave him some iTunes money so he could buy some good, you know, likes, likes rap, so bought, bought some good Christian, you know, rap music and so forth. But then we prayed and, and we took authority over that. But it was a consistent follow-up process after that. And you're free of that now. Amen? And isn't that awesome that you can be free from that again? Amen. So we're going to talk about, let's get into the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to give you four keys to being set free. So Luke chapter 15, that, that's where the, the story picks up here. Um, the first key is, is that we've got to recognize that we need help. And a lot of times, especially as a man, you know, pride and ego and all that stuff, it's hard to recognize and, and hold the mirror up and say, hey, I need help with something. But chapter 15, verse 11, it says Jesus continued. He's telling the story uh, of the prodigal son. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one, the, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me, give me my share of the estate. So the father div- divided his property between the two. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And you think about that. You know, a side note is, is anything you didn't earn, you don't value it, and it's going to leave your life rather quickly. You know, and that's why you got to be very careful. If you have built wealth up, you don't, you don't pass things on, you know, to your children or, or whomever, you know, a, a business or whatever. It's, it's like people have to come in and, and, and earn things. And, and, you know, you set somebody up for failure. Your heart might be in the right place that you want to bless somebody. But again, you know, they need to, to have... Um, you know, that responsibility and so forth and, and be able to value that. Verse 14, it says, after he had spent everything, that's what happens as a result of not valuing what he got. It came too easy. So after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, to his fields to feed pigs. Now, this guy was a Jew and the, the most unclean thing, one of the most unclean things to a Jew, Jewish person is, is, is a pig. And, you know, he was, he was so desperate that um, he was willing to go out and, and feed this guy's pig. Verse 16 says, he longed to fill his, fill his stomach with the pods uh, that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, here it is, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. It said, when he came to his senses, he recognized that he needed help. You know, you imagine this guy, you know, and he went out, he had all this money, thought, hey, this is going to last forever. He's out partying, he's out doing his own thing, you know, stepped away from what he thought was probably the, the, the rulership or the, the oppression of, of his father, and he was going out and, and, again, doing his own thing. And as he burnt through all the money and all the wealth, he comes to this point where he's, he's lower than low and he's living in the pig pen, you know, living in bondage, the very most unclean thing, there he is with those, those pigs, and he finally comes to his senses. And he says, you know what, I need help. I, I can't get out of this myself. I, I, I need help with this. And, and I, I believe that there's, there's many believers, I've been there, where I've been living in the pig pen. And again, like I said earlier, this isn't about shaming or guilting. It's about holding the mirror up, about taking responsibility, about realizing that, hey, you know, I've been struggling with a certain thing, and I've just not been able to get past that for whatever reason, losing my temper 
or you know, lust, or greed, or you know, we're going to pray a prayer at the end here, and there's a litany of things, a list of things that you know, we, can, we can be in bondage to. But he recognized, or we need to recognize that, that this young man, he was a son, right? Just like we're sons and daughters. And that son was living in the pig pen, and he finally comes to himself. And I believe that the only people that struggle, that, that can't get free, are the ones that are not willing to recognize that they need help. Amen? If we will simply admit that we have a problem, that's when the Lord can come in and set you free. Remember, I think it was Ivan Tate, said, you know, what, what, what we expose or what we put out into the light, God can heal. But what we keep in darkness, he can't. He can't heal. That's where Satan works. He works in dark, darkness. And we need to expose our sin which is with as much light of the word of God as we can to get free. And it's amazing how powerful our minds are, isn't it? You know, thinking that you're free from something or, or that it's not that big a deal. You know, I always think like, okay, well, what if, what if, what if my parent were sitting there? You know, would, would I be looking at these things? Would I be saying these things? You know, because our parent, our Heavenly Father, he's sitting there all the time. The Holy Spirit is always with us. He is always seeing these things and so forth. And again, it's not about guilting or shaming. It's about let's get free from this stuff. Amen? I know when I got arrested, you know, November 20th of 2001, Best day of my life because I finally, the lie was finally over. It was like, you know, I'm doing all, dealing drugs and got all this major operation going right out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Not a lot of stuff going here in town, but kind of nationwide. And once I got arrested, it was like finally the mask, the lie can come off. You know, on, on the 6 o'clock news, you know, on Kelloland and all that stuff. And it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. But again, I finally got to figure out, like, who am I? I, I, was, I was ready to be done walk out of that bondage, ready to be done living in the pig pen, you know, and, and experience true freedom. Amen? And it was awesome. It was awesome. So key number one is recognizing you need help. Key number two is repenting to God and to others. So Luke chapter 15, verse 18, we continue on, this, on with the story. It says, he, he says, I will set out, and I'm going to go back, so this is what he's going to do. I'm going to go back to my father, and I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So we need to repent against, we need to repent to God and others. And what did he say? I have sinned against heaven and against you. So many times, you know, we, we repent to God, but, but we don't repent or, or confess our sins to others. Because again, it's, there's guilt and shame and, and stuff that, that's brought along with it. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, as Christians, this, this should be the safest place on earth, especially right here in church, where it is a safe place, where, you know, when pastor asks, hey, you know, if anybody's struggling with this or that, we shouldn't look at somebody like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they fell into that sin or that temptation. We should look at them with compassion and mercy, realizing that the very thing they fell into, we could fall into ourselves. Or again, holding the mirror up and going, you know, we, we, put, we put degrees on sin, don't we? You know, they, they struggle with this big thing, but I just got this little thing. You know, and it's, and it's really, it's not that, that, that big a deal. But repentance and confession, they're not the same thing. Now, repentance, it includes confession, and, and you think about it. You can confess your sins, but, but not repent. You know, I think a lot about a lot of, like, celebrities, you know, they get caught in some sort of sin or, or doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And what do they do? They, they get on TV, and they're like, hey, you know what? I did it. I'm sorry. You know, and then they're interviewed maybe a few days later, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I said I did it. I'm sorry. 
Then it's a few days, and, and in these interviews, it just keeps getting brought up, keep getting brought up. You know, ESPN, they got to go over it and over it and over it. And finally, like, hey, I, I said I'm sorry. But you know what? That's confession. Repentance is, is not just turning from your sin, but it's changing your mind. It's, it's asking for forgiveness. And you rarely hear people do that. You know, they'll say, I'm sorry, which is not easy to do, but it's not just, hey, I'm sorry, but will you, will you forgive me? And once I ask for forgiveness, if I've wronged wrong maybe my wife or my kids or, or one of my friends or any of you, once I ask for forgiveness, I'm absolved from that, right? I confess to you, confess to God. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He brings you back into right standing with him. But again, a lot of times, it's confessing it to, to whomever we've wronged. You know, I'm not saying you got to get up here with a microphone and, and, and tell the whole world and, and do that. But again, there's a lot, of, a lot of power in that. And again, repentance, it means to change your mind. Most people will teach you that it means to turn from your sin. And again, that's part of it, but it means to change your mind about sin, to, to, to change your mind about yourself, to change your mind about God. You know, Romans 12.2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, when you get born again, that's a supernatural event that happens immediately. Your spirit, you know, it, it, it gets quickened and awakened. It goes out, you know, from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, but it takes a while for you to renew your mind and, and to renew that process. You know, especially, you know, like myself, living 28 years in the world, doing everything the way I knew how to do it, just saying one prayer, yeah, God absolutely spiritually changed my life, but I still had thought processes that had been around for 28 years, and those take time to change and develop, and that's where discipleship comes in, amen, and, and sitting down with the new person, rather than, you know, thinking in 90 days they've got to be this mature Christian and, and know everything about the Bible and everything about the Word, they're still in that growth process. They're still trying to find freedom, and, and, and they're still in that journey and it's having empathy and compassion on them, but locking arms with them, just like somebody probably did with you, and helping them down the, the path and, and uh, you know, helping them not just to get free, to stay free. You know, again, I'll hear some ministers preach that once you repent, you never have to do it again. And I know with salvation, it's a one-time event, but again, 1 John 1, 9, you go there, or you go read in Revelation. Read, read what Jesus said to five out of the seven churches what did he say? He said, you need to repent. Five out of the seven churches. So think about that. Five, five out of seven, I don't know what percentage that is. It's a lot. It's way greater than 50%. Amen. But it's also, it's important to be right with others. You know, so again, when you get this relationship right, this relationship will be right as well. So it's, it's having both of those relationships uh, put together. And he says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. He says, therefore, if, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, he says first, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So again, if you want to get right with, with, with God, get right with your brother first. Absolutely, you, you need to get right with God. But it's also getting right, right with your brother and, and that will, you know, that, that um, repentance, that will help with deliverance as well. Amen. Verse 16, it says, therefore, if you confess your sins or your trespasses or your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Think about that. Confess your sins to one another or your faults to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. You'll be free from errors 
and sins. Because what, what happens with that confession when you talk to somebody else about it? It exposes the very things that you're trying to hide and cover up. And again, when we expose that, we put light onto it. And that's when God can come in and, and, and his mercies can, can heal that, that situation. You know, how many times have you, you confessed a, a sin or, or a bondage or something that you struggle with to God and say, I'll never do it again, only to the next day or, or you know, within a few days, go right back to it. Amen? And that's why there is power. And it's so important to have people or even a person in your life that you can share with that there's no judgment, that you can share anything with. And I've got a few men in my life that are that way. And I'll tell you, I went through you know, a season of life where you kind of feel like you've arrived. And that's a, a trick of the enemy where you, know, you, you don't want to ask for help and so forth. But I've got a couple buddies that, that I can share anything and they can share anything with me, and I don't got to worry about it being on Facebook an hour later or, you know, them in a prayer meeting and, and hey, you know, we need to lift Randy up in prayer for, for X, Y, Z because, you know, they're gossiping and, and, and exposing something that, you know, I've been struggling with or maybe it's something going on with my family that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in getting free or, or getting over that, and I got to enlist the help of others because, again, it's, it's real easy you know, to give advice and, and, and to pray a lot of times for other people. But when you're in the midst of a problem, you're focused on the problem a lot of times. And we have somebody come in from the outside. They can maybe give you advice or, again, just, just by you sharing. A lot of times when I'm sharing something that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with or that I'm, I'm trying to think through, just by talking it out, the answer comes to me. Isn't that amazing? But again, and I'd encourage you, make sure you have somebody in your life that you can share with openly and honestly and not you know, have any judgment in return. But first of all, make sure that you're that person to somebody else. Amen? Because that's a, that's a big you know, trust thing. So again, key number one is, is recognizing you need help. Two is, is repenting to God and others. Key number three, it's renouncing the lies of Satan. Okay? He's the father of lies. It's all he does. It's a lie. Anything that's contrary to this book is a lie. And, and we believe a lot of times, you know, the lies that he tells us. And every bondage, it begins with a lie. And again, to get out of that lie, you've got to repent or you've got to renew your mind about yourself and about God and, and, and what he says about you. Luke chapter 15, verse 25, continuing on with the, the story of the prodigal son. He says, now his, older bro- now his older son was in the field. So the older son's in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, so the younger son had come home, the father welcomed, welcomed him home, you know, killed the fatted calf, threw a party for him. But the older son, he, he, he hears the music and dancing. So he calls one of the servants and he asked, he goes, what, what are this, what's going on? What do these things mean? And the servant said to him, your brother has come home. And because he has received him, your father has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. So again, they're partying because the, the prodigal son returned, amen? But he was angry and would not go in. You'd think he'd be happy. You think he'd be excited that his brother came home. Amen? Therefore, his father came out and he pleaded with him. He said, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never, he said, I, he's using absolute, always, never. I, never. I never transgressed or sinned your commandment at any time. And yet you never, you never gave me a, a young goat that I might, might make merry with my friends. So you never threw a party for me. You never gave, a, gave me a goat. And I never transgressed you. I never disobeyed you. Lie number one, he's not Jesus. So we know 
that he's lying when he said, I never sinned or I never transgressed. Anybody have any parents in here? Any, anybody, any parents in here that, that have kids, right? Your kids have never sinned, never transgressed, never disobeyed you. That, that's lie number one, right? He said, I never did one thing, not even one thing wrong. I never disobeyed you. So that's lie number one. And again, every bondage begins with a lie. Lie number two is, he said, you never gave me a goat. If we go back to Luke chapter 15, verse 12, I, I never really saw this before. But it says, the younger one said to his father, so this is when, when the, son, you know, the younger son is, is asking for the inheritance. He said, father, give me my share of the estate. So, so the father divided his property between them, between both of them. Not just, he didn't, I always just thought, oh, the, the youngest son got, got his inheritance early, but the older son kept, kept serving his father and, and working in there. But that's not it. You know, the, the father divided the wealth, and you think about it, back in that time, the oldest son always got two-thirds of the wealth. Well, no, don't get any ideas here. But back then, <laughs> the older son got two-thirds, and the younger son got one-third. Luke chapter 15, verse 31, it says, the father says, my son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. And that's what God is saying to us. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Amen? But again, if we believe a lie, and then we get in bondage, we end up in the pig pen, you know, and, and we're, we're separated from God. You know, and many people that hear this story, you know, like I always think, well, I was the younger son. I was the prodigal son. I was the one that, that strayed away. And we kind of like, you know, again, we kind of look down on that, that younger son like, like, geez, you know, I, I stayed faithful to dad. You know, I've always, I've always been, you know, I never sinned. I never did any of this. I never did any of, of what he did. But there are two sons in this story, right? The older son never left home, but he still went into bondage because he, he believed those lies. You look at it, he had bitterness, he had unforgiveness, he had resentment, hate, jealousy, envy. He's not at all excited that his, that his younger brother came home. He's, just, he's in just as much bondage as the younger son, if not more. And you think about that. You don't want to be either son. You don't want to be the younger son and, and stray away and, and go do that, but you also don't want to be the older son you know, and, and look down on the person that, that did come back and, and is struggling and, and have that bitterness and angry, anger and jealousy and, and all that stuff like the older son. So if you, want to get, if, you, if you want to get free from the lies of Satan, you've got to renounce his lies. Now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share an exercise that, that I, I do from time to time. You know, and, and it's a lot, it has a lot to do with identity. So a guy shared this with me, and, and it was really powerful. Now, you know, like God gave you your imagination, right? He gave you your mind. You know, your, your, your spirit, who has a soul, who lives in a body. Your, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. He gave you your mind. There's nothing wrong with your, using your imagination. I'm not talking about some woo-woo, whatever, but a lot of times I'll sit down and, and when I'm just kind of, you know, struggling and, and so forth, I'll, I'll sit down and, and this is what this guy taught me to do. He said, you know what? He goes, just start writing out all the lies that you've believed about yourself. You know, so I'll sit down with an actual sheet of paper and I'll just, you know, start writing this stuff out. What, what I'm, I'm struggling with, what the bondages are, you know, and, and things like, you know, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm in, inadequate. I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good enough husband. 
not a good enough provider. It, it always, for me, it always comes not good enough. You know, struggling with, with setting this bar so high that nobody could attain it. Amen? And uh, so I'll write, I'll write that story out that I've been telling myself that's a lie. And then I sit there with that piece of paper and I close my eyes and I pick a spot that, that's pretty peaceful to me. And, and for me, it's usually at the ocean for whatever reason. You know, it could be in the mountains, it could be out in, in the you know, middle of a forest or whatever. But then I imagine that I'm, I'm standing face to face with Jesus. And think about this. I've got this piece of paper that I've wrote out the thoughts that I think about me and I'm imagining in my mind that Jesus is walking up and again, it's, it's not weird stuff. It just is what it is. And I imagine myself handing that piece of paper with all those, those words on them and, and that story about me. I hand it over to Jesus. And what do you think he does every time with that piece of paper? What do you think he does? He tears it up every single time. And you know why? Because Jesus is truth. And lies can't stand in the light of truth. So when I hand over the lies, it can't stand in that, and he immediately tears that up and throws it away. And so he's telling me, hey, don't believe the lies that Satan has, has told you. And then I ask him, Jesus, what do you say about me? And that's where you know, his word comes in. I say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I say that you're an overcomer, that you're more than a conqueror. And he tells me personal things about myself. You know, you, you are good enough. You are valuable. You do have gifts and talents. And I, I also sit down and I write that stuff out. And again, nothing weird, but I highly encourage you to do that. If you're struggling, we all struggle in our minds at times, but it's a great exercise to go through to help with like this identity issue. We all struggle with various identities and so forth. Amen? Number four, so number three was renounce the lies of Satan. The fourth key to getting free is receiving the gifts of the Father. So verse 22, uh, in the in this same story, it says, but the Father said to his servants, so when, when the prodigal son returned, the Father said to his servants, he said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. These three things, they represent some things in the kingdom of God. The robe represents righteousness. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, it says, He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. So in Christ, you are in right standing with God. And he justifies you just if I'd or just if you'd never sinned. Again, it doesn't make any sense to me when you, when you confess your, your sins to God, how he can separate us, those as far as the east is from the west. But again, by faith, we believe that. And, and that's that robe of righteousness. And if you're going to be free, you've got to be willing to accept that forgiveness. And so many times our past, it anchors us down. You know, your past can either be an anchor that holds you back or it can be a rudder that steers you forward. And again, it's, it's like God's forgot about it. Why do you keep bringing it up? Amen? And again, that's why it's important you write that stuff out and you hand it over to him and you watch him tear it up and then you write down what he said about you because again, that's the renewal process of the mind. And however you want to do it, do it, but make sure you do it. Amen? want you to get something out of this that you take action with it. And again, remember, your righteousness, it comes from God and, and what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. The second thing is the ring represents authority. And if you remember back, you know, when, when Joseph um, went to, to Pharaoh, Pharaoh basically put his ring, his signet ring on, on Joseph and he said, nobody's going to do anything without you saying so. This is my authority. You're the second most powerful in command. And that's the same thing, you know, as, as, as what happened here. Jesus gave us authority. 
but we have to know what that authority is. Luke chapter 10, 19, it says, Behold, I have given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you've got this ring. You've got this ring. 2,000 years ago, by, by what Jesus did, you were given that authority, but until you know that authority, and, and until you speak that authority out, there's not going to be any power behind it. Amen? You've got you've to know the word and, and where you stand. The third thing is, was the sandals. Those are the shoes of power. And power is not something, but it's someone. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the power that you've got. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to the end of the earth, which is awesome. So he, he received the robe of righteousness. He re- received the ring of th- that gave him authority. And he put on the shoes of power, which is the Holy Spirit, to go out and, and have the confidence to be able to share with other people. Who wants confidence to be able to share the gospel and get other people delivered, amen? It's through the Holy Spirit. And it's like when I came up here, you know, getting kind of the call late to be able to come up here, I was pretty nervous. But, you know, it, something happens between the time I go from there to here, it's God's grace when you step into what God has asked you or called you to do, his grace comes upon you and empowers you. It's not me and, and my gifts and my talents, it's God coming upon. Now, granted, I got to put in the work, I got to study and, and, you know, do that part of it. But again, when you, you, you know, couple those things together, God will do incredible things in your life, but he just wants the glory with that. Amen? All right, as we wrap this up, I want to lead you basically in a prayer of deliverance, okay? You know, and again, it's remembering these, these four keys. Number one, recognizing you need help. There's no shame in that. Number two, repenting and ask, asking God and others for forgiveness. Number three, it's renouncing the lies of Satan. And number four, again, it's receiving the gifts of the Father. So first of all, what we're going to do here is we're going to repent and ask God to forgive us of any sin that, that needs to be forgiven. You know, it's, it might be any bondages that you've struggled with. You know, think about that right now. I mean, you know, as the Holy Spirit just begins to minister, you know, any bondages that, that you've battled and that you've struggled with, whether it's, you know, an addiction or, or something that's going on in your mind, all the various things that, that those things can be, as, as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal that to you, you know, just start to, you don't got to confess it out loud, but, you know, just start confessing it to the Holy Spirit. Again, this is a, a safe place, amen? This is a time where it's about taking action and, and, and truly getting free. I remember when Jesse and I talked for the first time when, when he was ready to give his life to the Lord, that's what we talked about. He, he was like, you know, it's like, it's like there's the pole and I just go around and around and around and the view never changes. And it was like, finally, the answer was true repentance, you know, turning from the way he was doing things and turning to God and what Jesus did for him. And it was like finally that view began to change and, and God has done a mighty miracle in that man's life. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's supernatural, amen? But we got to continue to walk in that freedom. Second thing, there, there might be people in your life who you need to for, forgive. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to just reveal anybody in anyone's life that they need forgiveness of. And anybody that, that comes to your mind, you know, it's, it's writing that down and then it's obeying the Holy Spirit and doing whatever it is that you need to do to get right with that person. It might be picking up the phone and calling them. It might be something as simple as sending a text message or, 
old school, write a letter. I'll tell you, Melissa and I, when, when I was in prison, God healed our relationship through letters. Because I did a whole lot of things that I'm not proud of that dishonored you know, her before we were Christians. And I'm telling you, when you sit down and write letters, you will pour out your heart. You will share more than you will face-to-face with people. Amen? And God you know, not only healed our, our relationship, but he restored it. You know, and, and I praise God for that. Now it's, it's stronger than ever. But th- we had to go through that restoration and, and that healing process. And it wasn't a lot of fun at the time. It takes courage, amen? Third thing is, is, is be willing to share with somebody. Father, I pray that, that you would bring somebody into everybody's life. That First of all, that they would be a, a confidential person that other people can share with them that when somebody does share with them that, that they will pray for them and they will continue to pray for them and they won't run out and gossip and, and share it with other people. And I, I pray, Lord, if, if they don't have somebody in their life that, that they can share with, that they, can, that they trust, I pray that you would bring that person into their life, Lord. And here's what I'll tell you about trust, guys. If you don't trust other people, typically it's because you don't trust yourself. That's just the brutal reality of it. You know, typically what you think about other people is, is, is what's going on in your own life. And it's time to expose this stuff. And that's what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is doing right now, is he's exposing in a good way because he wants you free. Again, it's not to, to bring condemnation and guilt and shame. It's, it's to set you free. And don't we all want to be free? I mean, I know I do. I know when, when I struggle with stuff, it's like, man, we just try to work it out Hopefully, hopefully it changes and we just, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. And it doesn't work. Amen? So if everybody, please stand. Again, I was going to ask if you, you know, if you feel like you're in bondage of sand, but if everybody just stand together, just something about calling people out. Are you guys getting something out of this? Is this on the right track or not? Okay. Sometimes I know when, when you share and teach, it's like people are processing and stuff. And it's like I got to be aware of that. Amen. So I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to ask you to pray a, a, just a confession and pray that after me. And then I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to pray over you. Amen. So let's just pray this after me. So Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And I ask you to release me from every bondage from every weight, in Jesus' name. Now, if you would, if you want to lift your hands or if you want to have your hands like this and just bow your head, and and I'm just going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over you in the authority of Jesus Christ. It's not me. It's not about my voice. It's about Jesus Christ and and his authority. So, So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, right now, by the authority you've given me, I take authority over Satan, and I address every demonic spirit that's held my brothers and sisters in bondage In Jesus' name. I command you to go in Jesus' name. I command you to go in Jesus' name. It's not the authority of of anything that I've done, but it's on the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, right now they are covered by the blood of the Lamb and they overcome by the word of their testimony. They're born again, not of incorruptible seed, or not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. The angels, you are, are mighty in strength to watch over your word to perform it. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sweeter than honey and purer than gold. In his name, the name of Jesus, the word of God, and by the word of God, by the blood of the lamb, 
we are set free today. I take authority over every spirit of bitterness or unforgiveness or resentment or hate or malice or envy or jealousy, and I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. I rebuke every spirit of insecurity, inferiority, fear, rejection, self-hate, self-pity, self-destruction in Jesus' name. Suicide, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of anger or rage or murder or violence or lawlessness, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of sexual immorality, sexual impurity, adultery, fornication, lust, pornography, all forms of sexual impurity, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of pride or lying or Jezebel spirit, rebellion, deception, manipulation, control, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of criticism, judgmentalism, arrogance, prejudice, racism, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of greed, materialism, selfishness, covetousness, selfish ambition, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Depression, anxiety, worry, suicide, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Addictions, alcoholism, drunkenness, drugs, gluttony, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of legalness, legalism, or religious pride, or heresy, or false doctrine, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of stealing, slothfulness, laziness, unbelief, rebellion, or authority, go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of guilt, shame, embarrassment, humiliation, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Every spirit of witchcraft, or the occult, or blasphemy, I command you to go in Jesus' name. I break every word, every curse, every spell that's been spoken against my brothers and sisters right now in Jesus' name. Every generational curse, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit that has helped my brothers and sisters in bondage, listening to my voice, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. Now open up your hands and pray this prayer after me. Here's what the Bible says. That when the house is swept and garnished, when it's cleaned, if we don't replace it with the Holy Spirit, Seven demons worse than the first will come back and inhabit that. What does that mean? We, we just ask the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us, but we got to stay in this book. Stay in this word. Keep yourself surrounded with other believers. Amen? Keep going to church, praise music, all those things. I'd love to say, hey, I just pray a prayer and now everything's going to be great for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And that happened to me, I'm telling you. I came here in 1998. I prayed a prayer of salvation. I was sitting right up there. Somehow I ended up right down here. I walked, but I don't know why, because I was, you know, buck wild. I'm telling you, I, something happened, something changed in me that day. But I didn't continue down the path. Partly my fault, because I didn't get engaged, but I also didn't have anybody reach out to me to connect with me either, so it goes both ways. And I'm telling you, it was seven demons worse than the first. I got real it got real ugly. And from 98, 99 to 2001, when I got arrested for drug trafficking, it was, it was terrible. It was like the devil was blessing my life. It was crazy. To keep me out of the will of God, to keep me in bondage, to keep me in the pig pen. Amen? So here's what we're going to pray. Open up, open up your hands, and, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come in, a simple prayer. So just pray this after me. Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive. the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Every place that evil spirits have left, you will fill me with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I ask you to fill my brothers and sisters with the Holy Spirit right now from the top of their heads 
to the bottom of their feet, and we receive that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give the Lord a hand clap. Give him praise. If you believe that you've been set free today, that's what it's about. What better weekend than the 4th of July Independence Weekend to get set free from bondages? Amen? Amen. Well, did you get something out of this today? I pray that you did. And listen to me. You know, Jesse and I were talking the other day in the gym, and you know, I said, hey, you know, who do you feel like, like you're to minister to? And, and we kind of talked it through a little bit, and, I, and then it came to me. I said, you know, it's kind of like this. When, when we cross the finish line, so to speak, just like some of you did today, that, that you crossed over and, and, and ran out of some bondages that you used to be in, and you got freedom, now your job and your responsibility is to go back and help other people get free. That's what it is. It's as simple as that. And find people that are like you. Jesse said, you know what? I grew up unchurched. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for other people that are unchurched so that I can you know, lock arms with them and I can bring them in just like happened to him. And that's what it is. Remember your testimony and remember what happened to you and what you've been set free from and just pray and ask God to help you go back and find other people that are in that same bondage. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.